the presents have been opened, the Christmas feasts feasted upon, and Old Lang Syne has been dutifully sung, even though none of us have much of a clue what the title of that silly song actually means. And now, January, a time when we try once more to re-up and reset on our commitments to live better, to do better, to be better. And that, of course, means thinking about and maybe adjusting our family's tech and entertainment habits. Hey everyone, Adam Holtz here, your host of The Plugged In Show. Focus on the family's weekly conversation about entertainment, pop culture, and technology. Thanks so much for joining us today and this year. (laughs) Happy 2024, everyone. Well, I know and we all know that scientists say the good intentions we shovel into our New Year's resolutions each year usually lasts about, oh, four seconds or so. Still... The arrival of a new year, especially when the turn of the calendar page feels like a year straight out of a science fiction movie. 2024? 2024. How is that even possible? It still offers what I think is a natural inflection point for thinking about our lives and the significant changes we might want and or need to make. So today, Paul AC, Jonathan McKee, and I will talk about some concrete ways to embrace a tech and entertainment reset in our families. So welcome to 2024. We're glad that you're joining us for another new year of the Plugged In Show. Yay. And of course, if you haven't done so, we would love for you to subscribe to the Plugged In Show wherever you get your podcasts and tell your friends about us too. And we'd also like to remember that you can sign up for our weekly e-newsletter, which not only gives you a link to the Plugged In Show each week, but links to the biggest movie and other important reviews that we publish each and every week as well. And you'll find information on how to sign up in the episode notes for today's show. So definitely check that out as well. Well, gentlemen, I have to ask, New Year's resolutions this year? Who wants to confess first? Paul, I choose you. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I resolve not to see quite as many movies. Really? That's a weird resolution because that's your job. As your supervisor, I'm I'm slightly (laughs) uncertain what to do with that. I want to see how that works. (laughs) No, that is probably probably a resolution that I am going to have to break. But I (laughs) I am mindful. You know, here's the thing about New Year's resolutions. I actually think that when you think about resolutions for the new year, your life is probably in a pretty good place, right? Right. You're thinking about, I need to lose a few pounds. I need right to here, do Paul. this. I need I, to do that. I wish you wouldn't look at me when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do sort of, this year has been a difficult one. Hmm. And so that that sort of pushes me sort of away from sort of those standard New Year's resolutions a little bit. And for me, I am just very mindful of the need to be a better father, Mm. be a better husband, be a better son, be a better friend. You know, those are things that you don't necessarily stick on your your refrigerator door, Mm. right? But I do think that there is a time and a place to really sort of reevaluate where you are personally Mm. and think about what you can be doing better and how you can draw closer to God. Well, I know that this was supposed to be kind of a throwaway icebreaker just to get us <laughs> warmed up here, mm. but I feel like we could have an entire podcast about that, right? I mean, mm. I think as parents, especially, we have these moments where we realize, I just need to do better, and not because we're necessarily 
failing abjectly, although sometimes that's true too. But we see the gap between what we long for with our family relationships and the messy reality of day-to-day life. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I often joke, my life motto is, <laughs> I'll try again or I'll well, try right. harder, right? right. And, and I think that the new year is maybe the most natural opportunity to say, okay, I'm going to try again. And the gospel, the gospel invites us to try again, Yeah, right? Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. And that's why this conversation that we're going to have is, is so timely. And what you say is absolutely true. Um, when I honestly look at where I am in life, you know, and I think most of us are like this, when we honestly say what we could be doing better, there's a lot we could be doing better. Yeah. We can feel our failures so strongly, right? Yeah. But the key is, as you say, Adam, every morning get up and try to do a little better today. Yeah. You know, and that's part of what we need to do with our entertainment lives as well. Well, and let me say, and, and I'm this mm-hmm. is sort of a sneak preview on our conversation, but one of my daily challenges when I get up in the morning uh, is not to pick my phone up. And sometimes when we get up in the mornings, and I think parents, you'll relate to this, you have this onrushing flood of everything, right? It's like those old nature documentaries where there's a herd of wildebeest, you know, running across (laughs) the African savanna and dust is flying and they're just crazy. Every morning feels like that because we have so many open loops. We have so many responsibilities. And one of my temptations, and I'm I'm stealing my own thunder here, I just want to escape, right? And the phone offers us an escape, but we'll get to that in just a minute. And let me just say about your resolution itself to see fewer movies. I, I know that you were not... <laughs> You were not fishing for public affirmation, but Hmm. I just want to say, I don't know how many movies you saw in 2023. It was a lot. And your commitment Hmm. to Plugged In and your commitment to making sure that we cover everything that we possibly can and covering things that maybe only three people out there even knew existed (laughs) is Hmm. remarkable. And I just appreciate that so deeply about you, Paul. Thank you. Not to, you know drive this icebreaker right off a cliff, but we have a great team, right? We do. We have a great team, and I think that everybody (laughs) is very dedicated to what we do. Yeah, absolutely. Jonathan, New Year's resolutions? Man, that got, you know, that got a little deeper than I anticipated. (laughs) Uh, Sorry. Sorry. That'll teach you to ask me first. Right. No, that's good. And, and, (laughs) you know, and, you know, for all our friends listening, I mean, I I can't remember if I've shared this story, but um, in 2020, I made a a list because I, I, I felt some angst and I don't know what it was, but I made a list of some things that need to change. And, um, I'm a very organized person and people know me well, I'm very type A. And so like, I literally made a chart of, of things that are going to change about my weight and about like, you know, I'm going to read the Bible daily. I'm going to pray. I'm going to, and literally like I gave specifics of things that I felt like I was lacking in daily tasks of, of, you know, I was like, make sure that I, you know, uh, you know, I literally had little things on there. I won't go into details, but about like, you know, making sure like I, I make positive comments to loved ones, those kinds of things. I, mm-hmm. And I had, I had about 20 things on the list and I kind of concluded if I were to do these 20 things, 
I will be so much more, you know, successful in life and so much happier and more content if I do these things. Um, I'm going to fast forward about 10 months later. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm moving. Um, tragedy hit our family in the middle of 2020. Um, job changed, house, uh, you know, death of loved one, all, all these crazy things. And it had resulted in just complete change. And our family basically, uh, in the midst of tragedy, just cried out to the Lord for help. And mm. I found my life completely different. We're now... Uh, it, it was it was get up in the morning and and go on a run and and uh, put on Tim Keller in a podcast and listen to the scripture every morning and then fall on my knees and and pray and and open up the Psalms and just to survive just to make mm -hmm. it through the day yeah and I, I mean I can't even explain but um, so something happened and, and even though life around me was complete chaos and I it felt like I was losing everything um, I found God in the Psalms. And every night was able to just pray and, and say, man, I, I can see that you're here for me. I, mm -hmm. I, I know you're here. Uh, you know, help me through this, please. Just I'm just crying out to him, literally in tears. Matter of fact, I lost 30 pounds that year. And people wow. always say, what was your trick? And I said, tears. Right. I lost it in right. tears. I cried it off. But uh, it was funny. So I'm moving. And as I'm moving, I'm emptying my closet and this piece of paper falls down. And I'm like, what is this? And I look, and I, I uh, look, and it was that chart. I'd completely forgotten about it. Um, and so I, I'm just curious, and I look, and it's got these 20, like, check items of, you know, read yeah. your Bible, pray, you know, get in shape, you know, talk nice to people, blah, blah, blah. You know, uh, <laughs> literally, literally, it was like, like, as you're driving, you know, try to not, you know, you'll curse at someone as they cut in front of you, whatever, those kinds of things. And, and, and um, I looked, and I had tried for three or four days and it was missing check marks. Ever. I mean, it was pathetic. It was literally, the, it was the word I was like, wow, these things that I was going to try to do. And just for curiosity's sake, I thought, well, this is interesting. Now I'm not even been trying at all. The only thing I've been doing is absolutely just surrendering and giving up and saying, God, take my life. I stink. I can't do it. It's yeah. yours. Yeah. And I thought, well, I'm curious. And I looked and I kid you not, I've kept the chart. 19 out of 20 things were checked. Yeah. The one thing that wasn't checked is I'd, I'd said, read a business book. And for some reason I decided not to read, you know, like I was going to read a daily, you know, mm -hmm. something like, a, mm -hmm. um, but 19 out of 20 of them were checked. And I was like, how bizarre this is that <laughs> when I was trying Jonathan McKee, giving his best organized effort to do it, I failed miserably. But when I literally never even thought about the chart, but just decided God, I can't do it. I need you so badly. Yeah. He thinks this fell together. And uh, so anyway, that's my thoughts on New no, Year's resolutions. It, I love those thoughts. I, and it makes me really mindful that, you know, it's sort of a cliche in where we swim in this evangelical Christian world, right? Where God needs to come first. But I think sometimes in the busyness of our lives, we forget about that. And, and if we're honest with ourselves our thoughts about God sort of trickle down a little bit lower on our list than, than maybe they should. Hmm. But when we truly concentrate on God, when we're in those periods of time where, where we truly surrender all to him, things fall into place a little bit, you know? And I think that that really is the starting point for everything that we do. 
um, including what we do in the entertainment world. Yeah. Is it begins with God. And, and, and you know, it's funny when you say things fall into place, sometimes people think th- this isn't a Joel Olstein message. Oh, did I just say that out loud? Um, it, it, this isn't a like your life's going to fall into place and, and your bills will right, be right, paid right. and you'll be happier and you'll lose weight or whatever. It, it's not that at all. It's that, you know, void of circumstances there's fulfillment there right in uh in being with your savior and it's amazing and consequently it is amazing how when god blesses you uh and by blessing he you know blesses your relationships and blesses your relationship with him and your relationship with others it is interesting how sometimes other things fall into place mm-hmm. too because you're in a healthy spot in your life where you're being productive and doing some things but no it's not a monetary thing it's no, not a, no. a it's not a circumstances around you all of a sudden change and people start driving better around you they don't i live in california <laughs> they drive terrible um you know uh but it's amazing how all of a sudden driving when you see somebody cut off in front of you or whatever, you're kind of like more, ah, oh, he must be in a hurry. Yeah. As opposed to you used to be like, what's that guy thinking? You know, and uh, <laughs> so, so it's funny. Well, I love that. And, and I think this has sort of turned into kind of a mini devotional of sorts in terms of our conversation. And, and I love that that nature of our conversations you know, sometimes they head off in these directions that I think are really important. And I think it's really important for what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. You know, well, and part of the thing is we've been doing this podcast for a while, right? This is episode yeah. 215. We have, for we those have, keeping wow. score at home, we have listeners wow. who have been with us the entire way, you know, yeah. and thank you. they absolutely, you know, in, in, for me, this is not only a time to gather with friends within the rooms that we do these conversations in, but they're an opportunity to connect with with friends out there, mm. you know? And yeah. we know yeah. that people are going through some really difficult times. When they're looking toward 2024, there's uncertainty, there's doubt, there's, yeah. there's fear. Um, but again, going back to, to what you said earlier, Adam, you take it one day at a time. Yeah, that's exactly right. Well... My resolution is the resolution, right? Not that it's not that I win, but I got to lose some weight. <laughs> and the funny thing was this last year, I did that in a way that I never have. And I lost a little over 30 pounds and I've since put about half of that back on. And I think it just, it illustrates that the push and pull between getting our appetites and our habits under control and then yeah. they spiral out of control and, and there's a constant engagement with how am I living? And I think that's actually a good segue into our conversation here today, uh, talking about screen time, talking about our habits. It's a new year and it's a great time, as we have been talking about, to evaluate our life choices and our habits and potentially to make some changes. You know, why not? It's the dead of winter. What else are we going to do, uh, at least in the Northern <laughs> Hemisphere? So at Plugged In, we spend a lot of time talking about what we engage with, the content of our entertainment choices, as well as how we do that, you know, screens and that pesky issue of screen time. So if we feel like our screen time habits have gotten a bit, oh, we'll say undisciplined, if we've metaphorically put 15 pounds back on with our screen habits, how do we begin to reel them back in? And I think that's sort of the presenting issue that we're talking about today. But I think all of these deeper spiritual things 
are in the background of this conversation. So I want to bring both of those to bear today. Maybe some concrete suggestions, but also continuing to reflect on some of the deeper spiritual things in play with why this screen thing can get so easily out of control. So I hope that this is not a, you know, putting a heavy burden on you conversation, but one that maybe approaches it even in a way that we haven't before, even though this is a topic that we talk about pretty frequently. I think one of the things that, you know, as, as I'm thinking about this, you know, whole, what, what do we, you know, where do we go this year? What, what resolutions, you know, what, what would be good things to do when it comes to if by chance, I know there's others listening right now, Adam, that resonate with what you're saying of the first thing they want to do is grab that screen in the morning and, and, yep. um, you know, and, and there's that pull and maybe some of us have even got to the point where we've started to realize this thing doesn't satisfy. Yeah. I, I know I got there as a, you know, ex influencer, so to speak, as someone who was constantly on the screen. How, how are the books selling? How, you know, how, yeah, yeah, yeah. how am I trending in the Christian world yeah. of da da da? You know, because believe it or not, in the Christian world, there's that thing. Uh, I tell you, I'm not there anymore. I don't look, I'm not on social media. I'm not posting whatever. And let me just tell you, it's a beautiful place. <laughs> and, and, and so the one thing I just want to tell, and it's funny because we've had, I mean, our listeners know we've had influencers on this podcast and what they shared was the enormous pressure yeah. that's on them. And if you're thinking I'm not an influencer, anybody on social media today becomes an influencer of sorts, because if you're looking at the, you know, here's my post, how many people read my post, how many, you know, followers do I have? If you just find yourself looking at the follower, you know, number and the, and the like, you know, number, if you find yourself looking at those, it's a miserable place to be. Hmm. And what I would say is move to Santa Barbara. Okay. <laughs> and, and, and here's, and here's the reason why I say this metaphorically do this. Um, I went to college in Santa Barbara. My daughters went to college in Santa Barbara. One of my daughters ended up working there. And if you live in Santa Barbara in California, the interesting thing is you're about an hour and a half removed from the craziness of LA. And what you start to notice <laughs> is certain celebs go to Santa Barbara to escape the craziness. Oh. And when celebs go to Santa Barbara, they don't necessarily just go there because it's beautiful and it's a wonderful place to live. They go there because they want to be left alone. Mm -hmm. And and they it's a safe place where you can go and kind of be out of the craziness. And I tell you what, I have now that I'm off social media, I live in Santa Barbara. Um, I, I don't. I live I live in a suburb of Sacramento. But I metaphorically live in Santa Barbara because we all have I have dreams, removed Jonathan. myself from that pressure. And it's a wonderful place to be. And, and I, my thoughts on this whole situation is if you're feeling what Adam's feeling right now, um, find a way to... to to pick up and move away from that. And that might mean literally, you know, uh, going back and listen to Emily, you know, share her heart in our podcast. Uh, we should insert the episode number into the notes here uh, where she talked about how she quit Instagram and how that made her feel. It's amazing. It's a freeing feeling. And, and I hope y'all who are feeling that tension might give it a taste. I love that, Jonathan. I love that you are speaking from a place of, you know, you had this inflection point in your life where you realized it was becoming a taskmaster and something that you felt, I mean, maybe enslaved to is too strong. I don't want to over dramatize here, but, you know, we all have these digital well-being things on our phones, whether you have an iPhone, whether you have an Android, if you go in settings, 
you can find out how much time you're spending every single day. And for some of us, that's a big number. And and really, that leads me to this question. We often launch right into sort of critiquing screen times, but I want to just take a step back. And we've already had some discussion about it, but to ask this really basic question, why are we on our screens so much? What is the what is the draw? Because I think unless we understand the attraction, it's going to be hard to change some of those habits. You know, it's the easiest way that I can say this is, is it's an escape. Yeah. Right. You know, when I wake up in the morning, I, first thing I do is I look out the window and look out onto the, onto the front yard where deer always eating all of our plants. Exactly. All that kind of stuff. And it gives me sort of this feeling of peace, right? Yeah. When you are talking about screens, you're talking about a window, not even out to the world, but out into all worlds. Mm. And you can escape into a place that's far better than the one that you're in now. You can escape into a place that's far worse than the one that you are in now and make you feel better about where you're at. Uh, You have this pull of the images you see, the stories that you're told um, Mm. that pulls you into a place that is somehow comforting, Mm. sometimes exhilarating. Um, and I think that there's, of course, an, a natural attraction to that because let's face it, most of our lives are kind of filled with boring stuff, right? right. We go to work, we go to school, we clean the house, we do all this sort of stuff. Yep. That screen allows us to move into a little mini vacation place where things are not the same old, same old. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, go ahead, Jonathan. I think one thing it helps us escape is... Um, is enduring through um, tough times, mm-hmm. though, too. And, and that's the interesting thing is, I mean, look in the smallest realms of where you're in a conversation now. If the conversation gets boring, you know, it's like uh, there's that rule of three, which is, you know, it's socially acceptable if two other people start talking for you to pull out your phone and start, you know, well, I've got something better to do because this conversation is boring. You know, <laughs> decades ago, decades ago, you had to sit there and listen, you know, to the boring conversation. Uh, same with, you know, if you're sitting with family members and something gets boring, what's somebody do? They whip out their phone. I mean, mm-hmm. there's so many times in life now where we used to kind of be in an uncomfortable situation and we had to learn how to adapt or survive or you know uh, endure and now we don't have to we can escape and mm-hmm. so when you say escape I don't know I, I want us to you know be accurate of what we're escaping sometimes we're escaping um, tough situations that usually chisel us and make us stronger and make us better yeah yeah I, and I totally agree with that at the same time I want to make sure that we're not bashing screens, right? I think that right. we there is a place for, I believe, that kind of escape. Not necessarily boring conversations, because I don't like it when you start doing your phone, Jonathan, when I'm talking with you. No. Um, <laughs> he was looking at me, and then he, he pivoted to you right at the very last second. <laughs> He's like, I can't throw Adam under the bus. He's my He's boss. He's right here. But I do think that there are times when, when we do go through tough times, sometimes we need to... It can be helpful to listen to somebody else's story. Yeah. And there's a place for that, but it can't be a place that becomes a place of addiction. Yeah. You know, a yeah. place of, of dependence. Yeah. yeah. No, and that's that's exactly right. And I think I feel it personally when I, I go through my various areas of interest. And I might take one spin through, you know, what's in the news 
what's happening with the Broncos that I need to know about this week. And, you know, the, the corollary, <laughs> how does that affect my fantasy football team? What popped up on eBay overnight that I might want? <laughs> or what am I selling on eBay that somebody might have purchased from me? Like, I have four or five categories. And I think the issue is sometimes you go through them once. Okay. And I get done and I'm like, oh, I'm I'm done. I'll go through again. I'll go through again because more things have happened. <laughs> because since then. it's been five minutes since I started the cycle, and and I don't start think, to scroll again. I don't think we literally necessarily think I might have missed something, but whenever we get to that sort of point where we need to put our phones down and engage with real life, that's the you know the point at which the addiction conversation comes into play, right? Do I do I put my phone down? And leave it down. Or I'm like, oh, let's take another pass. And frankly, I struggle with this as much as the average person out there. I mean, whatever that even means. I'm not even sure what that means. This is, I don't have this mastered is what I'm trying to say. This is an issue for me. And so I think that draw is the combination of escape. I think there is a FOMO thing as well. It's like, well, I don't want to miss important news. You know, I... I always love it at work if I get some notification on something that happened with some player and I can scoop you. Hey, did you hear that X happened to so-and-so? You know, you don't want to be the one that's like, oh, man, he got me, right? It's a, and So there are all these sort of weird connecting points where... And then sometimes you come back and you say, oh, you know what? That was totally wrong. That was totally wrong because all I read was the headline and it was clickbait and it was a lie. And I fell for it. That's the other thing about these screens, right? right? Um, So I think that there is that desire to escape. I think that, Paul, you use the word image. And, um, you know, we have a commandment of not making a graven image of God. And it's talking about making a representation visually of God. Mm -hmm. It's talking about something very specific. But I think the core of idolatry has to do with the images that we set our eyes on, right? That we have an image of what the perfect life is. And maybe maybe that image is, uh, you know, the lovely little pseudo-volcano in the atoll of Bora Bora, which I want to go to someday. That's an image for me. Now, I don't sit and longingly look at it, but there are other images that I do sit and longingly look at. You know, it's like, well, did the price on this come down in the last week? Is it within range now? And if I, if I just had this thing, Mm -hmm. my life would be fulfilled. And it's, and that's what the entirety of marketing is based on is the idea, the lie. If you buy this thing, X, Y, or Z, your life is going to be somewhere between better and perfect. So it's interesting because I just watched a movie called, well, I just watched a movie that had a very interesting quote from Teddy Roosevelt in it. Mm. Comparison is the thief of joy. Mm. And that's one thing that the screens, especially when we're talking about the realm of social media, it encourages us to compare our lives with other people. And that can rob our joy that can rob our satisfaction with our own lives. Uh, And I think that's a really huge issue. And yet, even as it robs us, like at some level, I think we're aware that it doesn't fulfill us, like Jonathan was saying earlier. But if we don't make that decision to make a turn from it, like, oh, let's 
do another round of it, like I was talking about yeah. a minute yeah. ago. So I think there are a lot of reasons psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, that we dive into these screens. And so before we even talk about how do I curb screen time for myself or for my kids, I think understanding the psychology of what's going on there is pretty key. So, and, and I think, and, and I don't know, I, I'm a very practical guy. I've, I've heard a million messages where somebody's like, you know, we should do better. And I'm sitting there and I want to scream it. <laughs> I want to scream, how? I've yeah. tried. It doesn't work. Yeah. You know? and, and it's like, give me something good. And it's interesting how scripture constantly, when it talks about throw off, you know, the bad, you know, throw off, right? Get rid of, you know, whenever it says that, it always tells us what to put on. Exactly. And I, I think it's so That's cool great. because, you know, when you're like, you know, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know, uh, get rid of uh, Hebrews 12, get rid of the sin that so easily entangles uh, and fix your eyes on Jesus. So here's what to get away from, here's what to do. And Love that. Um, so the thing that I think that's always helped me is if I'm getting rid of something, what's something I could substitute? I mean, on weight loss, it's like, hey, what can my life look like when I'm working out? What are some good foods I enjoy? You know, this bowl of fruit or this, you know, man, I found that I really like, you know, you're finding those things that are good that, that you start to not only fulfill, but you afterwards, you're like, whoa, this is, this is great. This is actually truly fulfilling, enduring for the long run. Yeah. And so I want to mention a screen thing out there and listeners who've been with us for a while, you've probably heard this before, but I think the things that we should put on, we've got this handy little device with us that has access to great knowledge and wisdom. I would say, find some way to get into the word. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, you heard me say a story of like, you know, I found it with Tim Keller messages and really nothing magical about Tim Keller. Uh, even though he's the C.S. Lewis of today, of uh, he, he is, you know, he is truly, uh, but I mean, the thing I like is he opens up the word and he goes through it. There's a, you know, a, a podcast called through the word that literally they read the word and a guy explains it. You know, there's, you know, your favorite preacher probably has a podcast out there where he's opening the word. And I, you know, if tonight, if you would open up like Psalm 119 and just start reading because the thing that's interesting about Psalm 119 is over and over again, all it talks about is your laws, your precepts, you know, your your words, you know, every single, it just over and over again talks about how fulfilling it is. And there's actually some really funny moments in it. Like in uh, verse 99, it says, I have more insight than all my teachers <laughs> for I meditate on your statutes. Mm-hmm. And it just talks about these funny things that of that if we're, you know, investing in the word. It gives us insight beyond the world. And um, I would just say, if you're hearing this and thinking, you know, I, I think I do need to put the screen down, you know, maybe delete one app and add another app, you know, put off maybe Insta and put on, you know, through the word, find a way to get that truth in your life, because that's, what's really going to fulfill. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. I, I, and to get back to what you started with, the idea of when you give up something, you need to bring something in. That's really, really important. The average adult, you know, according to lots of studies, watches screens, uses screens about 11 hours a day. Oof. That's a lot of time. And that's a lot of time. Like if you push away from that, that's a lot of time to fill. 
you need to fill it with something productive. If you, you can do it with the word and you should do it with the word, that should be part of it. But you can also fill it with other things, other productive things. You can go for a walk. You can go for yeah. a run. You can spend that time reconnecting with friends in person. You can read a great book. Um, I think that there's a lot of ways that you need, that you can fill that vacuum that yeah. if you turn away from screens, you can fill it with something that you might find you actually enjoy more. I love that. Yeah. And I and I do want to just add one other app suggestion to Jonathan's list, which, forgive me for slightly contradicting you, Paul, this would involve a screen. But <laughs> when I was in college, um, I, I was involved with the Navigators and... Nav Press has something called the Topical Memory System, which is um, five different topics, and there are 12 verses in each of those five topics. And I carried around this little leather pouch that had these little note cards on them, and I memorized, I, I don't know that I got all 60 memorized, but I got through a bunch of them. Well, now there's an app for that. If you Google, you know, if oh, you cool. search for, um, you know, Topical Memory System, you can pick your translation, and it it's actually a pretty great little app. And Jonathan, I, I'm, I love what you say. It's like, maybe we need to relinquish some of the things that we all sort of take for granted and look for how can technology itself help us in this area? I'm curious, what other concrete things can we begin to do in terms of making those changes? I love this idea that we have to have. It's not just, you know, I want to lose weight, so I'm going to stop eating. Right. right. That's not a viable strategy. But I think sometimes with screens, we don't really go much farther than that. Right. Right. It's like, I'm going to cut down my screen time. Um, I'm turning my phone off. But you okay. need, yeah, it's important. But you probably need more than that right. strategy. Wise, Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Uh, I, I would I started to say every single experiment and I don't know if it's every single, but I've read countless studies where usually it's a bunch of teenagers who went off to a camp where yep. there was no, you know, cell service and they ended up being screen free for a week or two. And in every one of those studies, it's always funny because even the researchers are always like, we were shocked. And they're always <laughs> shocked with the results because they always expected it's it's like in many of those studies, they were like thinking, ah, we're going to see signs of, you know, like withdrawal and shaking. And, you know, the, and they were expecting this. But instead, they always see signs of more reported happiness and satisfaction. And I've quoted many of those studies because you, sometimes they're in the 90 something percent of young people by the end of the week reported greater satisfaction and, you know, and came home and said, you know, I want to change because they saw something where all of a sudden when they didn't have the screen, they, what they do? They substituted it with face-to-face -face conversations where they couldn't escape. They had to sit there and endure the whole conversation, you know, hikes, uh, doing things with friends, you know, and, and it's amazing. We saw a glimpse of this during COVID because when all they had is screens, all of a sudden they realized I'm missing something. I'm missing face-to-face -face, and they couldn't mm. wait to connect together and be there. So something good actually came out of COVID, you know, uh, where they kind of realize there's something more so that being said is uh, try it mm. you know try you know that no tech tuesday or or try that thing yeah where jonathan you get away i wanted to i want to interrupt you because i was thinking about yeah. your no tech tuesday experience and your your family's initial response was resistance but it became something that they really loved can you talk about that 
Yeah, yeah. It, it actually, it was, we found it by accident because uh, my kids went on this missions trip and the, the short version of the story is they did this media fast before going on this missions trip and we all thought we were going to hate it. I thought I was going to hate it. And we ended up just like, you know, sitting, literally we 30 days with oh, no wow. TV, no <laughs> nothing. And we, sound, we found ourselves like, you know, taking the dog on walks and throwing, the dog lost 30 pounds, all right? You know, uh, um, we, 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 we were doing so much stuff and That's we're lighting funny. fires in the living room and just sitting around and reading books and all this kind of stuff. And yeah, 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 it was, it was really just crazy. Um, and, uh, and afterwards, the kids were the ones who said, you know, we can't go back, we can't do this. And, and, and trust me, they wanted their screens, but they came up with No Tech Tuesday. So on Tuesday nights, we kind of got back to that little piece of it where we, after homework, because literally they sometimes had to you know, do research, whatever, we just kind of knew that by about dinner time-ish, screens were shut off. And we didn't sit around and watch TV, you know, that night as much as we wanted to see the new episode of Reba. Okay, I'm dating myself. But uh, <laughs> the heart wants what we the watched. heart wants, Jonathan. You, you know, I'll tell you, you know, whatever it was that we were watching at the time. Psych. <laughs> yeah, but I know, Reba, you're laughing. I remember, okay, this was like 15 years ago. Yeah, it's all good. But the thing it's is, She's um, lovely. we, but it was just fun where we sat around we were reading books we we're talking we we're playing games and uh man try it try it in the same way i'd say try it with you know getting that you know dose of the word you know it's mm. psalm 34 taste and see that the lord is good try it yeah i love all that and and when i think about let me let me just call out jonathan for a minute he's the real expert on all of this stuff he's talked about it for years and years and years he's helped parents walk through this with their own families but when i think about ways like really tangible practical ways to get your screen time under control i think that it comes down to uh, a few really really simple guidelines that i think jonathan's talked about half a million times, right? <laughs> you you don't keep your phones in your bedrooms. Mm. Um, you keep phones away from the dinner table. You have phone-free zones. You have... Both time-wise and physically. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this it doesn't just go for kids. You know, I think that a lot of parents say, this is how I'm going to get my kids' screen time under control. As you know, Adam, it is a problem for adults too. Right. And, and the yeah. research actually shows that adults get more screen time than kids do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let me give yeah. you another thought, just because I know that sometimes the compulsion to look at your phone, to turn on TV, whatever, um, can be strong. You know, I know that kind of within the realm of addiction circles, and this may be way, way old advice, addiction circles, mental illness things, if you find yourself, if you find that your mind is going in certain directions, a lot of experts have often said, put a rubber band around your wrist and then when you find snap your brain yourself. going into a bad direction you snap the rubber band because that little pin prick of pain will bring you back and i wonder whether that might be useful wow. when you're talking about when you have that urge to look at a screen you know snap a little rubber band on you well i love that and and my bit of concrete counsel to add to the conversation is Beware all or nothing thinking. And I've probably talked about this on the plugged in show before, but in dude land, sometimes I want to solve the problem with one fell swoop, right? We're going to chop down the tree. We're going to get the biggest ax and we're going to take one swing at it and chop it down completely. And the reality is 
most things in life, especially complex problems, don't respond well to one swing and and you, you're done, right? Now, it might feel great to say, we're throwing all the screens out. And okay, you know, maybe you actually have a radical reset where you do something like that. But at some point, you're going to have to make, uh, you know, a more incremental change. And so I would say, look for one or two places where you can make a concrete, measurable and winnable change. You know, maybe it's, if you haven't done the no screens at the dinner table, start there. Or when I get home at night, I'm going to put my phone away for two hours or an hour as a dad coming home from work so that I'm present as opposed to yeah. indulging in that immediate escape. And so it's easier to say, and it's easier to measure, um, I'm going to turn my phone off for an hour when I get home rather than I'm giving up my screen. Right. One of those is achievable. The other one isn't. And I would even go as far as to say, don't enforce this on others. Right. Mm-hmm. Start. Try it on yourself. Do it yourself first. You know? Love this that, is something Jonathan. We, this is something we model. Yep. This isn't something we enforce. And, and honestly, at your house, maybe don't announce it. Maybe it's right. not a look at me. Maybe just start. Exactly. You know, hey, I, I I'm love going on that. a walk. If anybody wants to go with me, you know, yep. and, and sometimes you could sweeten the pot. You can be like, I'm going to uh, Wings. <laughs> We're going to uh, walk I'm to Dairy my, Queen. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to leave my phone here and I'm going to go get some wings. Uh, anybody want to go, you know, or whatever. And, and you find those things where and, and you I start doing it, wings. you start modeling. Your kids might notice, you know, hey, wow, uh, uh, dad's actually more accessible now. Mom's yep. more accessible now. So try that in your own life. And if so, then maybe it'll start to seep over. Maybe it's something where you could say, hey, I've got a suggestion. What have we tried at the dinner table? You know, and and make it a conversation. Make it not a we're doing this because I said so. Right. Well, and, and one of the other things that I've been having the conversation with my family and my kids are 13, 15 and 17. I've tried to approach it recently from the perspective of what could we do individually and as a family with the time that we spend on screens? Like how might we really invest that in the things that we really care about? Um, and that is a question that doesn't shame them. It's not, the purpose is not to beat somebody into submission with rules, but to say, I think there's an invitation actually to invest our time in ways that's more satisfying and more meaningful. And, and at first, you know, it's sort of like when you're trying to coax a stray dog up to your driveway to give them a treat, they're like, well, not sure, dad, it feels like you're tricking us here. But it it has gotten some resonance, and that's been a part of our ongoing conversation as well. Well, I'd like to finish today by focusing on a couple of passages of Scripture that I think are relevant to this conversation. And we've actually been, I think, integrating our conversation about how faith influences this whole discussion, you know, for the whole time we've been talking here. But I, I love Psalm 1611, which says, you have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence and eternal pleasures at your right hand. And I just, I think we have to remember that God has created us to be filled. We will not, we can't not seek to be filled. And our phones offer an easy avenue to try to do that. But as we've talked about, it doesn't get the job done. And so I think part of the process is saying, Lord, you want to fill me. What does that look like in our relationship and our family and just being open to exploring that? And we've given some suggestions here. And, and I think the other thing is that change is hard. And one of the things I love about scripture is that 
It's really realistic. And in Hebrews 12, 11, we read, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. And I think in our instant gratification society, I don't like being trained by anything. I just want to be satisfied right now. And our phones, maybe more than anything, they make that promise but they don't deliver on the promise, right? It's the, it's the old mirage. I think I'm going to be quenching my thirst with water and it's just sand and it doesn't get the job done. So I think those are two passages of scripture that I think can frame the overarching conversation that we have had. And man, uh, this has been a really rich conversation. I hope as you have been listening, wherever you're listening today, that you have found it as encouraging and really engaging as I have participating with these two guys talking about this. And I think this is also a great moment to point out that Jonathan McKee has written a terrific book called Parenting Generation Screen. And that's a book that we would love to send you for a gift to focus on the family of any amount. And you may not realize it, but we are a part of Focus on the Family and we're a donor-supported ministry. But if you wanted to make that gift, we'll send you a copy of that book. And Jonathan has a lot to say about all of these issues. And you can find some information on how to do that in the episode notes for today's show. Well, now it's time for a part of the show we like to call Name That Movie, wherein we each give a mm, log line, as it's known, uh, describing a story, and the rest of us have to guess what movie we're talking about. Paul's making a face. Have you never heard the word log line? I've heard of it, but I don't know if I've ever associated it with this game before. Yeah, well, that's what it is. Learn something new every day. It's a log line. Very nice. So I thought, um, I don't usually lead off, but I'm going to today. Oh my goodness. And and we have a theme today. Are you guys, are you down with the theme? The theme is dinosaurs and dragons. That sounds like a very Adam theme. Well, you know, I'm just mixing it up. Is that related to the new year? No. Does it have to be Star Wars related? Does it have to involve... If you want, if there's a dinosaur or a dragon in Star Wars... Plenty of them. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, always a bigger fish. That thing in in the Empire Strikes Back that jumps out of the world. That's so cool. Right. Okay. Right. Anyway. Uh, But that's not what we're talking about today. No. Our our favorite Star Wars creatures is... Well, that would be a great podcast for another time. (laughs) But are you guys ready for mine? It's very dramatic. Go for it. All right. An orphan, a forest, a redhead, a dragon, Robert Redford. Go. Robert Redford? I know. Disney. (laughs) Remake. All right. It's Pete's Dragon. Pete's Dragon? Yeah. Oh, was he in the the remake? Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. That is a movie I yes, have not and, seen. Yes, and Bryce Dallas Howard, but I figured if I said that, that would be a dead giveaway. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I totally want to see it. Um, <laughs> Robert Redford it was, Bryce It was Dallas supposed Howard. to be pretty good. I, it's probably my, I was going to say I love that movie, and I do. It was probably my favorite Disney movie maybe in the last 10 or 15 years. Hmm. It's a lovely movie about a boy who's in an accident. His family is killed, which is the hard part and sort of spoiler warning, and he ends up in the forest, and he gets adopted by this dragon that Robert Redford encountered when he was a boy and insists is out there and his daughter doesn't believe him. Definitely sounds better than Wish. Anyway, yeah, it's better than Wish. Um, Jonathan, I choose you. You get to go next. Okay. Um, 
seems like you've learned your lesson lesson from the art. Well, I'm just trying to show the love. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. (laughs) A group of movie makers encounter catastrophe when their movie set proves more dangerous than they anticipated. Wow. Man, there's some good ones here. Hmm. I'm I'm thinking a Jurassic Park movie. Yeah, it feels sort of Jurassic Park. But it's movie makers. Movie these, these, the, the movie makers. is about some filmmakers who go out to shoot a film. See and that? When they're going out to shoot a film. But see, that's all of a King sudden, Kong. Yeah, that's, that's King Kong. That's what I was King thinking. It's King Kong. But oh, that's okay. not a dragon. That's not no, a dinosaur. Yes. He's in the dinosaurs. You, there are Peter Jackson. Oh, you know what? Dinosaur. Oh, snap. In all of. He's right. He's right. <laughs> he said four dinosaurs, baby. <laughs> yeah, there are King Don't Kong does kill dinosaurs in you. every version. <laughs> so snap! Oh, thank snap. you so much, yeah. Jonathan. All right. Oh, it's good to be so hip, so old, and so hip. Paul, yeah, that's like twenty speaking years of that, ago. Paul, <laughs> what do you have for us? All right. <laughs> A bunch of these creatures chow down on plants and each other, to the tune of Igor Stravinsky. Oh, plants. Boy, that is a left turn at Albuquerque right there. I can't, I'm trying to think of dragons and dinosaurs eating salad. <laughs> they chow down on plants. Some of them I were can, plant eaters. I They're can like, only think of 2001, but that was monkeys throwing bones up in the air. And I don't know. You know, yeah. when I tell you, it's you're just going to think. <sighs> exactly. So what is it? Fantasia. Oh, fantastic. Oh, of course. Well, Fantasia. I get off on oh, wait, a technicality because I haven't seen it. Oh, you haven't oh. seen it. That's right. It came before Star Wars. It's before Star Wars. Yeah. Right? Okay. All yeah. right. So I, I have an extra one. Can I do an extra one? I Just suppose. for our engineer, Chris. Yes. This is for our... Oh, engineer Chris is very excited. Two thumbs up. Go ahead. I think he'll get this one. A nuclear blast wakes something up and he has a wonderful time in Tokyo. That'd be Godzilla. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Go, go, Godzilla. Go, go, Godzilla. <laughs> go, go, Godzilla. Well, thank you, gentlemen, for another mm, rousing question mark round of Name That Movie. <laughs> I think we all mostly managed to kind of stump each other, which was kind of fun this week. Yeah. And I hope at home you enjoyed it as well, and you can always send us your log lines as well. Log lines. If you, uh, if you would like to participate, just send it in, and you'll find notes on how to do that in the episode notes for today's show. Well, thanks again for taking some time to join us this week. What are your New Year's resolutions? It turns out we had a pretty great conversation about ours. We would like to hear from you, especially resolutions that have to do with technology or entertainment. And also, I'd like to say if you go to the PluggedInShow.com, you can leave us a voicemail with your answer to that question that we might just include on a future show or reach out to us at team at the pluggedinshow.com to let us know what changes you're making as we roll in to 2024. Well, thanks again for taking some time to join us this week, this first week of 2024, which seems impossible. It feels like a science fiction number uh, for the Plugged In Show. We love spending time with you each week. We hope that the conversations we have had today have encouraged and challenged and equipped you. And we hope your new year is off to a great start. And we really hope you join us again next week for another episode of the Plugged In Show. As a parent, it's easy to find myself sitting backseat to my kids in the backseat. 
It's tough to be a step ahead. In full honesty, I'm pretty hard on myself when that happens. But I've found Practice Makes Parent, a podcast from Focus on the Family, hosted by Dr. Danny Huerta and Rebecca St. James. It helps me be more intentional and not feel alone when things get tough. Everything they share is practical and well-practiced, and I can use it right away. Listen to Practice Makes Parent wherever you get your podcasts.